God. Hopefully by the time this comes out, I have a different title than Power Up, Productivity Down. But it kind of has to do with what I want to talk about today. Oh, hey. Hello. How are you? It's really great to have you here. Thanks. Hi, friend. Oh, it'd be great if I could just, you know, pleasantries. There's such a thing that people appreciate. So I hear because they sure shit don't get them from me. <laughs> so with that, I am actually really excited about this one. This is pretty much my most favorite topic in terms of business alchemy, my um, own weird ass, pretty useless superpower. I have this like very strange ability to be acutely aware of every second of every minute of every hour of every day of every week. Like people talk about time flying. I feel like the flash when everybody else is moving so fucking slowly, he can completely reprogram things. Everything moves excruciatingly slow for me. And everyone else is talking about time flying. And I'm like, that's fucking weird. Like last week feels like last year to me. So I was going somewhere with that. Oh, time and productivity. Most of the time when people want to work with someone like myself on their business, there's four or five particular challenges they're experiencing. Success, which we typically measure monetarily speaking. So finances, leadership, just knowing that they really need to step it up. They really need to level up. They really need to expand how they're showing up in order to get their business to the next level relationships. So both internal and external. So the people that they're working with, the hire who they've hired, needing to hire, needing to build out the team, needing to scale, et cetera. Communication, which includes everything from like marketing to processes to training. And then this last one, which is time and productivity. It's a a big one. This is the one for when you feel like you're on the fucking hamster wheel and all you're doing is working, but you're not getting anything done. There's never enough time. You're always missing deadlines or deadlines are keeping you up at night away from all the things that you love and work for and that there's never enough time. You're like at war with time. You'll also hear about time being our most precious resource, the only non-renewable resource we have available. Like you can always make more money There's always billions of people out there, but you can't get more time, theoretically, depending on how you play this game. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Specifically, I've been rambling, but there is a focus. It is time and productivity. And productivity has gotten a really bad rap recently with all of this like internalized misogyny and internalized capitalism and programming. And we've mixed up success with productivity. How much you have, how much you create, how much you do means how good you are. And as most of us are experiencing or certainly coming to terms with, and again, you're listening to this for a reason, it just like doesn't, it's not working for us anymore. And that's really like, why do people pick up the phone and call me? Because what they're doing isn't getting them what they want, but they're doing their best. (laughs) Like they're working their fucking asses off. There actually isn't room to add one more thing onto the plate. Like it wouldn't just like push something else off the plate. Like the plate would crack underneath all of the things on it. (laughs) Yay for another one of my amazing analogies. Hopefully this cacao kicks in. Don't give up coffee. Don't be me. It's like, that's the worst. But so yeah, you've outgrown it. (laughs) 
not grown your coffee, but you've also outgrown the hamster wheel that you're on. You've outgrown this experience that you're having. Everything you've done up until now has been amazing. It has gotten you here, but that's what happens when we want to go further, when we want to expand our capacity, we need to apply different strategies. We need to test new ways of doing things. And for the most part, as a leader, as a business owner, you got to let some shit go. You can't keep doing everything that you're doing. You're you're exhausted. There's no more room for anything more. And for some of you, especially for my artists, for my teachers, for my healers out there, it might not look like you're doing shit all the time. I totally get it. Like one of my full-time professional artists said, you know, it might look like I'm laying on the couch staring at my ceiling. But that's when the next body of work is coming through. Productivity is going to look however it looks to you. There's no shame or guilt in what your process looks like. The challenge, the actual irritation, the frustration is that you're not getting what you want from your existing process. So this is not about guilt or shame or do more or hustle harder or 10x or whatever. This is about optimization. This is about the design theory, like applying everything you've learned up until now to back to the ideation, brainstorming, creativity, inspirational phase. Everything, everything goes here. Everything goes, but not everything will stay. So what we will do in this, at the the end of this brainstorming, ideation, creative, sitting on the couch and staring at the ceiling phase is like, we'll pick a few things. Some things just aren't going to work anymore. Again, if you're listening to this, chances are it's not a lot about what you're doing. Probably has a lot more to do with what you're thinking, what you're feeling, how you show up for you, right? And I have a feeling you're your own worst critic. You are your harshest boss. And when we've been told that your success is measured by how much you do, we exhaust ourselves. It's not a very sustainable, if it, all that mattered were how much you were doing, then you would have everything you wanted. Everybody would, right? So first things first, we've got to figure out like, what is this definition of productivity that we're working with? Like, what is my individual approach to productivity? Now, you'll often hear me say like, I'm really happy. I got a lot done. What I'm saying is I ticked the one thing off on my to-do list that had to get done today. More and more what I'm doing is actually tuning into like, what do I feel like doing right now? I've got 8,500 things to do. So right now, what do I want to do? That's why I'm recording this podcast right now, because this felt like the most fun and productive thing I could possibly do. We've been trained since the day we fucking showed up in this experience to be productive, to get as much done as possible. We are patted on the back. We are given awards. We are promoted. We are financially rewarded for our productivity. You have to understand like we're in a do more culture here in the United States, at least. I don't certainly didn't experience as much of that living overseas. But what I will say, I had a huge advantage as a result of that cultural programming and conditioning to work my fucking ass off. And I did get seen and I did get rewarded. And I did have a incredibly significant burnout where I hit a fucking wall. And that's the thing about burnout. I was getting my MBA, I think into year five or six of my long-term relationship. 
And so we were looking to buy a house, not in the United States. It, it works a little differently here. It was fucking hectic. So I was doing that every weekend. I was getting my MBA. I was running my record label. I had started touring artists and doing international tours. So promoting, bringing artists actually from New Orleans over to Australia. And I think that's it. <laughs> I'm not sure. I can't remember in this moment where I was at with my recording studio, but I think I had walked away. And after that, I was asked to be the executive director of this nonprofit and I collapsed. I had a complete fucking breakdown. And, you know, the good thing is, is about my partner and I broke up and I had already put the down payment on the house. Oh, no, that's not true. I had, I had been putting offers in on houses. And so I was already so committed to that process. And even though I had no fucking idea how I was going to pay for it by myself, I kept going. And so I think I'd gotten the place. I think I had had a roommate who then like, with one day's notice, it told me that they were going to leave. I had been asked to be the executive director, but I hadn't said yes yet. I'd finished my MBA program, but I don't think I had gotten, like you turn in your thesis and then you have to present your thesis. And so I think I was in between that turning it in a presentation moment. I remember I was actually teaching music theory and music production. And that's what it was, is it was finals. I was supposed to grade all of the students and I hadn't like looked at my phone or gotten out of bed in a week. And the head of the school called me and completely lost their shit at me because these were seniors finals. This was a magnet school. So seniors in high school's finals. And I just couldn't fucking do it. My friend of mine picked me up, took me to the GP. I went back on antidepressants. It was a moment. I won't tell the antidepressant story, but it's pretty fucking funny if you want to hear it. <laughs> that was, that was a wild ride. But, you know, prior to that, I was working 20 hours a day, seven days a week. I was getting a postgraduate degree. I was running a successful company. I was partnered in another successful company. We were going international. I'd gotten this amazing invitation to be the executive director of an international nonprofit. Like, it was fucking awesome. I was guns blazing. The problem with burnout is that you hit an impossible threshold. and your system will never let you <laughs> do that again. It's like, oh no, remember that one time we crashed and burned? Right. So you don't get to work 20 hours a day, seven days a week anymore. So I had these expectations of what my productivity should look like, the results I should be able to get, how much I should be able to take on. And I was never able to do that again. Now, obviously like blessing in disguise, right? But at the time it was pretty, pretty scary. And I didn't know what was wrong with me. And I did go back on medication. I did get back into therapy. And it probably took me a year to fully recover. Gosh, it probably took me longer than that. I was, I mean, like you wouldn't, you wouldn't have known there was something wrong with me within a matter of weeks, but it impacted who I was. It impacted my relationships It impacted my physical health. And it took me about 18 months. Yeah. To feel like myself again. What I learned from that is why you don't want to burn out because it hits reset, but you don't get to go back to the way it was ever again. And that's talk about like humbling. I mentioned that in the last episode. Yeah, that was humiliating. And I did have to admit defeat. It also taught me the value of asking for help. I got real help real quick. It got me back on my feet. I mean, like my relationship ended, but that obviously was what was going to happen. And I learned a lot about me and a lot about personal relationships. And from there, I took time out 
And I realized if I don't love me wholly and completely, I can never be in a healthy, happy relationship. So I started dating me and we had a lot of fun. It was really great. In fact, I kind of fell in love with single life. If you looked at my relationship now, it looks a lot like single life, but I digress. Pew, pew. You're welcome. I assume if you're still listening to this, you you love it when I digress. So <laughs> talk about talk about embracing our, our weaknesses. Okay, back to productivity. So firstly, do I say that a lot too? I think I do. And I'm not even going to make a firstly point. This is actually its own standalone point. Another thing that happens for my people, my visionaries, my creatives, my trailblazers, rebels, and rule breakers. I was almost not going to say it. I feel like I've been saying that a lot, but I love you. I love those qualities about you and me. We've been programmed to hit certain targets. I think in one of my very earlier posts or episodes, especially about money, I talk about $300,000. Now I say that number and I said that number knowing it would be triggering. A lot of people that I talk to are very far from that number. It's curious to me that that A is such a common number that people say in terms of their income targets. Where did we all get that from? And then secondly, when I ask people what, they, what they're going to do with that, they don't know. And then when I ask them what their own personal expenses are, they also don't know. So it's like, well, why? Why that number? Now that might be exactly what you need to have the lifestyle you want, pay your mortgage on your multiple homes, send your children to the most expensive private school, drive around in a brand new Range Rover and get yourself a whole new wardrobe every three months while also taking a three-week sabbatical every quarter. Perhaps you've got it all worked out. But for most of us, we don't need that much money. That is more than what would cover our living expenses and our saving goals. Also, when we get to do what we love and we have the freedom and creative autonomy that running our own business gives us, we don't need to spend as much. I remember talking with my partner and going through this like whole gypsy lifestyle transition and saying like, dude, (laughs) we can't eat out or eat like it's like a fucking Thanksgiving every night. Like if our life is a vacation, we don't get to act like we're on vacation all the time. And it kind of dawned on me while I was on one of my gypsy moves when I decided to learn to ski last year. If I can do this, if I can get up and go skiing every morning and then take my clients and do my accounting work and do all the investing in real estate in the afternoons and evenings, like I don't, I don't need anything else. I'm living my best life. And it doesn't even cost a hundred thousand dollars a year. That's why I love small business and business ownership, because you get to create your reality. And when you do that, like it doesn't have to cost a lot of money, especially if you can take take your trips when you want. When you can fly whenever you want, take off time whenever you want. Shit is cheap. You don't have to be on everybody else's schedule. So get really clear on like what is enough? Because enough is a feast. That's also a quote from an unknown. One of my current clients had big dreams, came from high fashion industry in New York, is a slow fashion designer, and her metrics were based on the designers that she was working for in New York, who were fast fashion, who had unsustainable business practices from seed to store. 
the the materials they were sourcing, the wages people were getting paid to both source those materials and fabricate those materials from the shipping to the pattern makers, to the dressmakers, to the manufacturers, to, you know, like it was all sweatshops and, and unsustainable and gross. And that's not how she wants to run her business. It, it, you have completely different sales targets and completely different marketing and completely different profit margins when you are operating an unsustainable business to create sustainability, to run a business by your values and to do it in a way that is sustainable where everybody is getting paid, not just a livable wage, but a rewarding wage. It's a completely different structure. And she realized in order to be happy in her productivity and profits, she wasn't going to hit the same targets. And it was actually like this huge relief and weight off her shoulders. And I think her dressmakers and pattern makers here, because they were literally trying to compete with a factory and machines. And that's just not, not what she's trying to do. Once she understood what enough was, because by creating products that she was proud of, that reflected not just her own values, but the world that she wants to live in, enough became a much more manageable target. If you were on the hamster wheel, if you were running in a race and you don't know where the finish line is, ask yourself why. Who are you doing that for? Now, it's a scary fucking process. Don't get me wrong. So do this with love. Your love and your nightmares, that's what you get to transmute into your dreams. The antithesis of what you hate right now, of what bums you out, of what stresses you out, of where your struggle and your resistance is, that is your thesis statement. That is what you're trying to prove. A lot of people say, well, I don't know exactly what I want and I don't know where I'm going. And it's like, well, you know what you don't want and you know where you don't want to go. Guess what? The opposite of that. That's a great place to focus on, to point your sights on. That's useful information. You don't need to know exactly what you want and how you're going to get there. And in fact, I don't know how anyone could ever possibly know that. I think a handful of us, like literally five people may be born with that sight and that knowing, and they never fucking waver. And quite frankly, those people bore the shit out of me. It's like my little brother, ugh, yawn. That's not true. I, I like to make a lot of fun of him because he's perfect. So I doubt he'll ever, ever hear this. But in fact, I do kind of want to interview him. Again, I'm getting distracted. The point being your antithesis is your thesis. So use the opposites just to explore. Well, what, what could this look like? Instead of working every day, maybe I never work. Interesting. Well, maybe it's just not going into the office. Or maybe it's The Diamond Cutter is a really interesting book. I don't remember who wrote it right now. But really interesting and, you know, talks about like one day out of the week, break your pattern, do something unpredictable, go somewhere you've never been, talk to people you've never talked to before and like, don't even plan it. Wake up, walk out the door and go the opposite direction of where you thought you were going to go. It also gives us different perspective. Just that simple exercise of what, what was the opposite? What if I did this backwards? What if I turned this upside down? That's some of that Brian Eno oblique strategies. When we zoom out and we look at the macro, we take our face off the canvas and we look at the whole damn picture, it gives us a new perspective. What is distracting you? What is keeping you from change? Where are you wasting your time and energy? Oftentimes the busy the overproductivity, the false sense of urgency 
is simply a distraction from our fear of what is really going on. I'm raising my hand right now because that is 1000% me. Work is my favorite distraction. I was raised by a workaholic who was defended by his partner. And she used to say, well, if you're addicted to the thing that you love, then it's okay. No, not true. If you've got awareness around it, if you're consciously choosing it, it is. It's not good or bad, but there will be sacrifices. And so no, whatever is you're addicted to, which means unconsciously consuming a rate that is unsustainable, there you're distracting yourself from something. This is where that antithesis becomes your thesis. We are often, if you're working that much, I can guarantee you there is wastage. If you have not found efficiencies, if you are doing the same thing over and over again, if you are answering the same question more than three times, if you're sending the email more than three times, all of that can be automated. If you can train someone else to do it and you're still doing it, you are keeping your business from scaling and growing. Now, again, for some of us, we're good. I'm not talking about you. If you're working 35 hours a week, and you've got everything you need, and you're happy as Larry. I'm talking to you if you're working 75 hours a week, and your clients aren't happy, or your customers aren't coming back, or your buyers aren't referring you and making recommendations, and your family's like a little shitty at you, and your friends kind of forgot what you look like, okay? Yeah, you and me. I get it. So this is your invitation. You recognize it the productivity hamster wheel. Now it's time to create sustainability. So deeply question and be vigilant when you're unhappy. Face that fear because you are not your fear. And once you confront it, well, this might not be sustainable. This might not be working. Then you can fix it. Again, design theory. Once we get the information back, well, why aren't we reaching our metrics? There's an artist that I work with, they are not making enough money. And it's not that they're not hitting their targets, like they're struggling to make ends meet. And we've workshopped different ways of working. We've workshopped their productivity. We've workshopped their bidding and billing. We've workshopped, you know, the sustainability in terms of a retainer or invoicing. And the truth of the matter is, is the way that this person works is incredibly inspired and they need a place where they can just turn off, show up and get paid. And that has never been something they embraced because the previous work that they did was very demanding. They were working in creative agencies. They were working in galleries and museums. They were working in places where the work being offered was something that they could align with and be passionate about and feel good about, but it was too demanding and it took them away from their art. There wasn't enough time for their own creative process. And this is where like the day job can actually be a huge relief. And it actually empowers you to do the work that you love because you can show up and do something for 15 or 20 hours a week and make ends meet so that the other 20 to 30 hours a week, you can follow your white rabbit and be the artist you want to be without any distractions, especially if you're going to be able to pay your mortgage that month. So deeply question, my friend, if your results aren't working for you and you're exhausted, where are you distracted? Where are you wasting time and what needs to change? So the story around enough, I mean, that could be it. It could simply, like I said at the beginning, it could simply be the way you're thinking about what you're doing or 
what you think you need to have achieved by the time you get done. There is nothing wrong with you. At some point, you get to say no thanks. No thanks to the thoughts in your head telling you you are not enough. No thanks to the cultural noise that we're all exposed to, whether it be on social media or the fucking TV, or when you go out on a Friday night with your friends, you do that. (laughs) And everybody's talking about money and goals and rewards and distractions. You can say no thanks to all of it. If it doesn't feel good, say no thank you. And now it it probably feels like you don't have that freedom in the moment. So what I suggest to people is start capturing those thoughts in your day-to-day, write down every time you get distracted, write down every fearful, egoic, shitty, shameful thought you tell yourself, and just start there. Kind of in my weird innate ability to count every second of every minute, oftentimes people have no idea where their time is going. And when I start with my people in terms of their time and productivity, that's an activity we'll explore. And it's kind of shocking. I mean, you can just look at your phone and see how much time you spend on social. How You know, you, like your phone will tell you how often you're picking it up. If you put your phone in another room, <laughs> that will force you to pay attention to it. It's pretty crazy. This is one of the reasons why I don't give a fuck about my emails because like they're so distracting. They're such a waste of time. Every email you send four come back at you. And now people have this weird definition that like replying to emails, you know, within an hour or by the end of the day is professional. Okay, cool. I I don't work for my email. My email doesn't pay me. The only person I need to think I'm quote unquote professional, whatever the fuck that means is the people who pay me. And then I let them know how I work you want me, you text me. If you need me urgently, I will get back to you. But if you email me, like it could be a week. And if you're not very important, it's going to be longer than that. (laughs) So remember who you are, how you work, what you want, what makes you happy, how and when you feel satisfied. You're not cheating. You are enough. The way that you work is perfect. This is again, like small business, your business, your life should support you. And if you're not getting what it is that you want, if you're not there yet, that's so fine. You know, it's another thing I always say is like, that's why I have a job because <laughs> it's, it's not all done yet. I haven't figured it all out yet. I don't know exactly where I'm going and how I'm going to get there. If I knew all of those things, if all of that were done, I wouldn't have anything to do, right? I'd be bored AF and unemployed without any income. Time and productivity. I have like very specific ways of gaming this and how you can approach your schedule, how you can focus, how you can become incredibly efficient and effective with the time that you have and the amount of time that you want to work. But yeah, I mean, I guess these podcasts are much more high level because I don't know who you are specifically. I don't know what your exact issue is. That's what I get to talk to you about when or if we ever work with each other. But check out the anti-business school for the time and productivity module and text me 720-704-4865 if you have any questions. That's where I can offer very specific advice. Everybody on there, I'm kind of having these little mini chats. That's why I call it direct connect because firstly, you get to hear from me. I'd actually talk a little bit about time and productivity. Well, I talk a lot about it, but send messages like semi-daily. And I'm also happy to explore any questions you've got in podcasts and on podcast episodes. 
at the BZ channel on all socials, NicoleBZ.com. If you do want to schedule a little chat to see how you can game your productivity. And I truly mean game it, make it fun, make it rewarding. I don't think I have anything else to say, so I'm done. Okay. I love you. Thank you for investing your time and your energy into your success. Can't wait till we get to catch up again. <laughs>